0: Hello and welcome to the business of authority. I'm Jonathan Stark
1: and I'm Rochelle Moulton
0: and today we're going to talk about what an authority can do to build your best course. Yes, this has been bubbling around for a few weeks. We've been thinking about something a couple of different topics and then we're like, wait a second. This is all sort of one big topic. So hopefully we won't be for an hour.
1: Well, and we've skirted around this a lot, you and I, with our courses and our launches. And um, I had a front row seat to a recent launch with with someone else in our space. And it's, it's all been circling around. I think it's time to talk about it.
0: Great, yes. I've got quartz on the mind anyway. I launched a new one a couple of weeks ago, and I'm working on a, a brand spanking new one that I've never really taught before, so it kind of puts me back in that beginner's mind of like, what exactly is the idea? So I'm like way, way at the beginning of this this process.
1: Oh, I love that. Is, doesn't it just feel like new and fresh and exciting?
0: Yeah, it feels like I'm, it feels like it feels risky. It feels like it could fail, so which I like because that means like, oh, this could be something <laughs> new or it'll flop and no big deal, but uh, I, I don't think it, it will. But yeah,
1: but it could be fabulous too. It's that not knowing is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, right. It's like the last the last workshop I launched was called Automatic Proposals. And I've been teaching that, that stuff that I put into that. I don't know why I didn't make it earlier. It's like, I've been teaching that stuff for years, the specific, every single little bit of it. I had like soapbox for every video. videos, no problem. Uh, And I knew it would be effective where this new one that I'm working on, I've never taught really. I I don't have Mm -hmm. like, you know, my, my standard, I don't know, my standard lines for teaching it to someone else. It's going to be about uh, public, you know, creating a daily mailing list. I think I'm going to call it email 365. And, and it's something I have opinions about, opinions about, but I have barely ever taught it to anybody. So it'll be interesting to see if it works as a workshop because, because people I've, I've dragged people kicking and screaming into daily email and they've been glad they did it, but I wouldn't say I've taught it. So yeah, so it'll be interesting.
1: Right. You've preached it, which I think is preached different than it, teaching. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think it's different. It's, it's <laughs> like takes it, takes it down a notch and you're looking for like, what's the, what are the, the, the kernels that I can teach people and what are the, the emotional things that will hook them to think about doing this?
0: And get them to do it. Because it's, yeah. you know, like, yeah. how do I, how do I, how do you create small wins in a very short amount of time, maybe a week or two weeks that set somebody up for a, a, a potentially lifelong daily habit, right? It's like mm-hmm. very, it's sketchy. So I got, I got to figure it out, right? So I'm at the very, very beginning of that idea. Uh, and we, so we wrote down uh, seven steps. We, between the two of us, we mm-hmm. came up with seven kind of like phases for the, the life cycle of creating design figuring out like coming up with an idea deciding on a format well we'll go through the steps but all the way through to delivering it and wrapping it up and uh yeah
1: well and we were laughing about the first two because we 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 transposed them Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i had one first you had the other one first and we were laughing about about the chicken and egg nature of ideas and audience.
0: Right. So, right. So I, so my, my first thought was like, you got to find an idea and, and the, I didn't even have audience. It was so ingrained in that to me. They're all mixed together. Cause it, like it is, it's just right. two sides of the same coin. So what? do you have an example where you've got an idea where someone or you or someone has maybe an idea for a course or had an idea for a course and then. And then, as a second step, we're like, okay, but who's this going to be for? And and you know, and then narrowed it down for that specific audience versus the other way yeah. around, where you've got an audience and you're like, I want to teach these people this thing for this reason.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a couple things that happen. I mean, I do believe the chicken and the egg thing because for a lot of people that I've talked to, they're they're not exactly hyper clear on their audience yet and yeah. it's like the second it's almost like a snap of your fingers like the second they get clear on the audience there's the idea but yeah they there i was just talking to someone um last week about this and they had an idea um, They had a general sort of an audience, but they'd been experimenting back and forth and hadn't really committed, yep. is what I would say. And then they looked at a niche within that kind of general audience and said, that's it. That's who it is. And it just it came together after they had the idea first and yep. it it. Encourage them to actually niche into an audience. It, it kind of, in this particular case, I think it gave them the confidence to say, "Yes, I want to teach audience X this concept, this Y mm-hmm. thing." Y is a letter. X. Yes. Y. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I can see that. I could see the eureka moment coming from the audience, especially for someone who's very sort of a skills based expert. You know, they they have some some skill that they're very good at like uh, let's say illustration or or making comics or photography or building apps mobile apps or something and it's like okay i've got this skill i can teach it i could teach it to anyone but it's kind of like well there's a million courses on how to build an ios app so what would make mine different and bringing that audience in and saying like you know uh, imagine ios app development for retirees you know all of a sudden you're like whoa Mm -hmm. That, that completely changes how I might teach something like that, how I might deliver it, how I would talk about it, definitely how I would market it. Well, that would be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. And I also think that a lot of people that I talk to, they've been experts for a long time. They've been delivering and it's the first time they start to think about, oh, I want to do a course. And a lot of times their first inclination is this really broad audience for a course. Yeah. Like, mm, now let's let's niche down. And then they kind of come together, right? The idea gets narrowed. The audience gets narrowed until they find that sweet spot between the two.
0: Mm, yes. That, uh, this might be a different, well, no, I guess it would be. It would be part of the it would be part of this phase What, which whichever phase comes first the idea of the audience whichever <laughs> order it happens for you there's also there's all and the the narrowing it down is the key point there because i think it it is useful i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the majority of the time it is you you probably are thinking of teaching something bigger than you need to in other words i think yes. it's pretty common yeah it's pretty common to want to you know throw everything in the kitchen sink into the course and have your flagship offering or your signature your <laughs> oh, signature yeah. offer. Oh my God. and
1: I did that. My first one was yeah. so full of everything it was ridiculous.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: I, never again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I mean learned the pricing my lesson. seminar. Yeah, the pricing seminar is like a marathon. It's and it's just, you know, 12 weeks of lessons stripped out three times a week and then 12 more weeks after that. I mean, it's like a it's a major commitment, never mind the money. So So, you know, you'll, you'll notice if you're following along at home that the workshops I've released since then are all either five days, one week or two weeks. And it's, it's just a more realistic challenge for people than, uh, I mean, I still think the pricing seminar is great. And especially for the money. I'm I'm like, after I revised it that first time, I'm like, okay, this is super duper solid, but it's a, it's a big commitment. It's a lot of time.
1: But what I like about that you did that is that you didn't listen to the conventional wisdom. They said, "Oh, anything at over 4 weeks, forget it." There there is a market for those longer things. It just has to be consistent with your brand and it has to teach whatever it is that you're teaching in a way that the the um, your audience can learn it and apply mm-hmm. it and be successful with it.
0: Right. Yes, which gets into is going to get it's going to uh, segue us—that's the word—segue us directly into uh, step number three, which is deciding on the f- delivery format, or like deciding yeah. how are you going to package this up in a way that is going to produce results for your audience, for the for the people who take the course. And we were talking before the show—we um
1: yeah. <laughs> we have a bias.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've got a pretty strong bias, and it's based on—it's not. I wouldn't say it's based on data but it's definitely based on anecdotal evidence and uh, i think it was seth godin has you know like f- a bunch of courses on udemy and i'm almost positive i could be wrong but i'm almost positive i've heard him say that the the completion rate of just of watching the videos is about two percent so like people buy Ouch. the thing and 98 percent of the people don't even finish watching the videos So of that 2%, how many of them, how many of the 2% (laughs) actually take any action, do anything, do the exercises, bring the, bring the information and incorporate it into their daily lives or their business lives. Like even if it was a hundred percent, that would be pathetic. Mm -hmm. It's super bad. and, And I've done, I don't know about you, but I've done the same thing.
1: Oh yeah, my I I actually took my digital kit off the website because I was I was frustrated because I I got really great feedback from a very small percentage of people, and when I asked and, and I had no way because it was it's it was a digital kit in a box so I had no way of looking and seeing how much they actually did and right. so I I sent out some emails like for some feedback and I got nothing mm-hmm. and I thought either it's really fabulous but nobody's reading it, <laughs> or they're reading it but they're not doing the exercise exercises because the people who read it and did the exercises were overwhelmingly positive. Mm. So, it was like, I don't think it works. So, I I pulled it. I don't sell it anymore.
0: Yeah, as a format. I I yeah. I mean, in my own behavior, like I I can think back to I, I bought a $300 course last week um and I won't say who it was because it was really bad. It it was it was so disappointing. <laughs> blurry, like the videos were blurry and and it was just a lot of fluff and maybe I was just the wrong Buyer for it, but the production quality was low and I was like, I mean, come on for 300 bucks Could you at least like focus your camera? Yeah, yeah Clean you know? the lens right and then there was a then there was like it in air quotes video of of an interview It was kind of like a, it was kind of like um, a course on how to interview people for a very specific reason mm. and and I didn't, I didn't, I felt like there might be some nuggets in there that it's something I do a lot anyway, but I was like, oh, there might be, there might be some nuggets in here that are, that are pretty useful. And, you know, I wouldn't ask for my money back or anything because I did get some nuggets out of this air quotes video. It was actually just a black screen with audio of a, of a, of a phone call. It was like the centerpiece mm. of the whole course. The whole, the whole course could have been just that audio file. And that would have been it yeah um but still it was i did i did like oh okay i see what they're doing this interview they're doing something very interesting that that maybe i do subconsciously but consciously recognizing the technique that they're using that that's useful i'll use that um but uh, you know but it's like but then i stopped i mean there you know maybe i can't really it's not really fair for me to knock the course because maybe the second half is amazing but uh (laughs) I, I got I got what I was looking for in, from that one piece. And I can remember bu- buying one a, years ago. Um, I think it was by the guys that did the original Dollar Shave Club ad. The Harmon mm. Brothers or something like that. And it was like how, how to incorporate humor into your videos. And I was like, oh, I could use that.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be fun.
0: Yeah. And so I watched the whole thing and it was very well produced. It, it came with like a... A, um i don't know if it was a it came with a printed a printout um very beautifully done extremely funny and i i binge watched the whole thing and never did anything you know it's just like it was like <laughs> i bought a movie and watched a movie for 300 bucks yeah
1: edutainment
0: yeah it, but i pr- think, it precisely
1: yeah well and i think we both do the same thing i mean i Ironically, I spent exactly $300 for a course that I bought, I think, just after the first of the year. And it sat there in my inbox until it, it was a very specific skill set around interviewing. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it was the same one. And because it was actually good, um, but I didn't watch the videos. I watched the first one, and it wasn't done by the person who sold it. It was like somebody on their staff, and they weren't really very good on video. But mm-hmm. the transcripts were there. So I read the transcripts, and I think there were like five videos and I read the transcripts and I, I got a couple of nuggets and it was fine. I, I was fine with that. Um, somebody else where $300 was like a big expense and they expected a major overhaul might have been disappointed, but I felt like they marketed it right. They sold it the right way. And I thought it was good, right? Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a nugget. And I think that's the difference. Like if we're teaching nuggets, I think those kinds of courses can be really effective. But if we're trying to teach something that involves significant behavior change, that's when I really love the cohorts.
0: Exactly. yeah the, I was I was converted to this model. I don't even think I was exposed to this model uh, until I did the pricing uh, the marketing seminar with Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. and well, I guess I was sort of exposed to it because. Paul Jarvis had a course called, I think Creative Class was the name of it. And it was like, it was something like 200 bucks, but for 300 bucks, you get additional access to a Slack room. Um, but it wasn't, it was just a, it was just like a single channel Slack room. It was, it was like a, a place, it was unstructured. It wasn't like specific mm-hmm. to the course. It could have just been like his company Slack or something, as far as I know. Um, and, and so it wasn't, it wasn't like, and it wasn't a cohort. I don't think i think you could buy creative class at any time um and even if that wasn't true and he did open it up and close registration it was a mix of all the people that had ever taken it so nobody was Uh, people weren't all at the same point and it wasn't it didn't it wasn't like um it wasn't like a slack room for the course it was like a slack room that paul jarvis was in sometimes right so you know not knocking it the price point was very low um but I'm just saying like when I did the marketing seminar, oh my God. I mean, it was like, you know, the the forum, he used forum software for the uh, community part and it was extremely structured. It was very w- organized and like, like you know, well lit, I, I want to say. It's like walking into a... You know, like a department store, and there was signage everywhere, and you knew exactly where to go and where the elevators were, and and what department was where. So it was extremely organized, and it was uh, also at the beginning, much effort was expended getting the cohort to gel. So getting mm-hmm. people to introduce themselves, to connect with other people who had similar similar interests, or or even just found people interesting, uh, bonding as much as you, I mean, a lot of the, uh, you, you would like buy it. And then there was a week or so before the first lesson started and it was all about how to give and get good feedback and how to interact with other people and, and that you should mm-hmm. interact with other people. And if you don't, you probably will fail. And this will be a waste of money and get involved, get involved, get involved. And I saw the, the effect that, I, that, that had on me was profound because I had downloaded courses in the past and just like stuffed them in a folder on my hard drive or just never uh-huh. finished them or binge watched them and never did anything with it. But with this, I found it drawing me back almost like a social media network might because I wanted to find out what how, what happened with Jason's thing that he was working on or or mm-hmm. somebody, people are pinging me with questions about my, my bio that I posted on the first day. I probably... I probably sold a hundred copies of hourly billing is nuts just because in my profile I was like oh I'm like I'm like this dude that wrote this book and people are like where can I get that tell us more like, <laughs> I don't know if I it feels kind of spammy I, I don't know you can google it I guess I don't want to post links in here but um yeah but it it drew me back it the the there were maybe there's a handful of people who I really clicked with and you know now we like follow well I don't follow anyone on Twitter but I follow their exploits on Twitter and you know we're not friends but it, it just it brought me back it would it would suck me back into the material mm-hmm. in a way that the material on its own despite the high quality of it the material on its own i could have let life get in the way a lot more easily and been like "Oh, i'll get around to that or binge watch the whole thing if they were all released on the same day if it came in yes. one big release and yep. that that is i think both of those things are really bad i think i think the self-paced thing it's got its place, but for something like this, I I'm a big fan of the of the the dripped out release with a group of people who all started it at the same time and are all wrestling with the same thing more or less at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's the power of the cohort.
0: Yeah, it it's, really it's is. Big.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 not unlike a magnified version of going to the gym with a friend because <laughs> you're not gonna blow it off when you know your friend is waiting for you. Like your friend got up at, at five AM and, you know, changed and got in the car and drove to the gym and they're waiting for you. You're gonna get your butt out of bed and go meet them.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And we and we looked at we looked at the engagement numbers right before the call, you know, the pricing summer, which like I said, is a beast it's a marathon and we're just over the halfway point so like six or eight weeks in and it's still 50 percent of the people are active on a weekly basis 50 percent like not two percent 50 percent. and to me (laughs) that's like incredible so Mm -hmm. so i you know it's it's not it's just one data point but between my personal experience of being in the marketing seminar and then seeing you know and, and just not, not knowing the numbers, but just knowing how it affected me and drew me back. And then looking at, you know, every time I run a pricing seminar, it stays at 50% weekly engagement every time. It's like magic. I think that's good. I mean, it'd be great if it was 80 or yeah. 90%, but I think 50% no, it is, is pretty good.
1: good. Yeah, under 10 is more common. But I think there's another aspect of this that just occurred to me. I mean, we're focusing obviously on how the cohort works for your buyers, but there's also how it works for you. So when you do a course that's a self-contained course, you're all by yourself, right? You're recording those videos, you're deciding what works, and then you just put it out there and it just sits there. When you have a cohort, you are actively engaging with them. And for people who are sort of natural teachers, that feels amazing. And for those who are maybe a little bit more introverted, but still really excited about the content, it will actually energize you it, you know if you structure it correctly so it's not sapping you as an introvert but mm-hmm. it will actually energize you because you're seeing how your teachings are impacting people how they're using it what's changing what they're getting stuck on and you feel different it's not just them you feel different too
0: mm-hmm. yeah for sure and the, the the what they get stuck on is killer that's the great that, when i say killer mm-hmm. i mean great it's like mm-hmm. it's like that's why i read it I re-recorded all of the videos for TPS, like 30, 40 videos over again from scratch, totally revised the curriculum after I ran it 3 times because people kept getting stuck on certain things and and the videos were too short. I, I made them as bite-sized as humanly possible, but it had something like 50 of them and they were it was too small for people to like the videos were like five minutes. It was too quick hitty. So uh-huh. I went back and made them all around 10 minutes, but fewer of them. But when it you know, went into more depth, so then it's down to like 36 videos. They're, you know, seven to 12 minutes long.
1: And That's a yeah. good length. That's a really yeah. good length for for this kind of teaching. That's a good length.
0: Right. And so so that would never have happened if I had just recorded a bunch of videos, put them on Teachable, and and that was that. Yep. so it, it makes it makes uh, it, it makes the the cohort format and the sort of liveness of it it's async but it's live uh, makes you better as a teacher it can make the material better if you go back and, and update the material even if you you know even if you don't have to re-record your videos you could just um, rewrite the, the 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 copy that's around the video in order to contextualize mm-hmm. a little bit better answer some additional questions that sort of thing. Uh, so it makes the course itself much better. It makes it, uh, the content better. It makes the, the people more engaged. So they're going to get better results. And so you end up with, uh, things like, like I have a channel in all my workshops called your aha moments and uh, also wins. So, um, so in, like when somebody has an aha moment, they go in there and they share it with everybody. Uh, if they have a mm-hmm. win, they go in and say like, oh, I can't believe it. That proposal I wrote, I wrote in week one closed for more money than I've ever charged for a project. And then, and then people can ask, well, how did you do it? Can you share that an anonymized version? Yeah. So it, it, it like creates this, well, the, the aha moments is almost like a series of testimonials for it. It's like, hey, can I share this on the website? It's like, <laughs> this is great. But it, it energizes me because I can see that it's working. Like they're having yes. the epiphany type of moments that I'm going for so that by the end, they won't be able to see the world the old way. They can only see it the new way and then then they'll kind of have no choice but to start acting in a way that aligns with their new worldview.
1: Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. Love that.
0: So format-wise, I mean, it's this is we're both huge fans of the cohort, but it does it's not a requirement. But at this at this step, you do want to decide on what kind of format it's, it's going to be. It could be a paid email course. It doesn't have to be videos at all. It could be right. Could be all sorts of different things. But you do want to figure out what you think is going to make the most sense for you, not drain you, keep you energized, keep you engaged, uh, and or, teach or not the engaged.
1: thing you, that you want to teach, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And then you know, then there's just this, this, the next phase I had written down as number four is just doing creating the material. So you've decided on yeah. everything, the audience, the idea, the format, and now you just got to just need to make the lessons, you know, outline the curriculum, create the videos or write the articles or whatever it is, you know, the companion stuff, the workbooks, the calculators, whatever is going to go along with it. And this for me is actually parts of it are really fun, but other parts of it are really, um, it's a little bit tedious. (laughs) Tedious is the word. Yeah. It's not quite draining. It's tedious because you're, because there's no, it's just you. And you're kind of wondering and like, should I do this? Should I do that? I can do anything. This is going to be really hard. Maybe I should just leave it out. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah. So creating the material, I've, I've done this in different ways. um, Just to give people, give people some ideas to get the gears turning with students. A couple of times I've had students have great success with saying, you know, just make five talks, make a slide deck for each one. Run webinars Monday through Friday at lunchtime. Invite people from social media or wherever to come and watch the watch the webinar. Present the material. Leave plenty of time for Q&A. And at the end of the week, you'll have a, a really good idea. You basically have your first draft of a course. Probably, unless unless you know the material cold and you didn't get that many questions, you're probably going to want to re-record the videos. But if you sail through it and people are like, wow, that was amazing, I, you, I could imagine cleaning up the videos a little bit and just using those as the videos. Um, With, let's see, with the pricing seminar the first time and with uh, automatic proposals that I just launched, I did the outline and uh, all of the, I had everything mapped out and then I recorded the videos more or less in real time so that I didn't have to wait, you know, recording 36 videos would have taken me probably two weeks of i remember this yeah, yeah. i remember yeah. you
1: when you were doing this yeah
0: so instead what i did was i knew what the topics were going to be for the upcoming week so i knew that they would fit together and then like the day before or on the weekend i would record the next video or next two videos that i needed and i just sort of like in the tracks in front of the train as i went and so it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a lot of work but but i'll i'll warn you though certain things will happen like so like my yeah. haircut changes throughout the you know <laughs> and like like one time it there was a snow day and i had to record one of the videos from home instead of the office so that was a little weird you know so if you did record them all at once it would be more it'd be more consistent um but i didn't i that didn't that wasn't a big deal breaker for me but that that was the kind of thing Or you you like you get that happened to Seth Godin in one of the marketing seminar videos. You can tell he's sick, but like Uh just one of them. You know he's got a really stuffy (laughs) nose. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Seth Godin. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So um, yeah, so creating the material. Any 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 tips? Have you what has worked for you?
1: Well. You know, there's a couple things. And first, I just want to note that material is number four out of seven. Mm -hmm. I've worked with a lot of people where when I met them, they had the material all done. Mm -hmm. Right. But they didn't know who it was for. (laughs) They didn't know where they were going to do it exactly. They didn't have an audience. You know, so all of those kinds of things. For me, with the material... um, I have trouble, and this is just a style difference, you know, laying the track just before the train. Mm. I can do that on things where it's a cohort, where it's more about the group, but where it's about digging into content, I want to have a really... Well, you did have a clear direction. I want to have a really clear direction. And I want to know that each... Let's say there's six sections. I want to know that each one... That I know what's going to go in each one. I don't have to know how I'm going to say it. But I need to know that all six sections tie together. I'm using the right terms Um, you know, so that they're, they're interchangeable so that it makes sense. So I, I like doing them closer together for me. And then the other piece is that I get, anxious if i've got a big deadline and i'm not sure if i've got enough time to finish it so i tend to like parse things out a little bit more and i just it just makes me more comfortable and i feel like i do a better job whether that's actually true or not i'm not sure i've done some really good work at the last minute deadline but i just i like for something like this where there's also we haven't talked about the launch yet but there's also that whole piece of energy and emotion that you put into the launch so mm. I want to be really comfortable the material is solid and I can kind of leave most of it behind me except for the tinkering before yeah. I start to to go into the launch
0: yeah that's that's how I'm gonna do this next one because I'm the material feels new to me and mm-hmm. the the odds of me leaving a big whoopsie like a big gap are high much higher than normal mm-hmm you know, with like automatic proposals, it was like five lessons. I, I could have almost done it live and just been like, okay, here we go. You know, here's a, a four-hour video or whatever, all at once. Yeah. Well, you knew just, it that was, well. Yeah, I just know a cold. I've been teaching it. But yeah. I haven't been teaching this new thing. So I, and and even, even though I knew what I was going to do and I was recording the videos in real time, I screwed myself <laughs> because, because my plan was there was gonna be Monday through Friday where, you know, one video per day. And I was like, well, I'll record the first one on Sunday and then I'll record the, the, you know, for Monday. And then on Monday I'll record the one for Tuesday and, you know, cause they were going to release at 9am in the morning, 9am in the morning. Duh. And, <laughs> and Sunday I, I had a major honeydew project that took completely wiped me out, completely wiped out my whole weekend. I was building like a ton of shelves in the basement. So I didn't record the first video on Sunday. So I had to, brace yourself, I had to set my alarm for 6 a.m. <laughs> on Monday morning. I have not seen 6 a.m. since like Maggie was born, I don't think.
1: Yeah, think Count Dracula, like uh, getting up at 6 a.m.
0: <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll go to bed at 6 a.m., but that's not the same thing. So yeah, so so I, I really... So it was the most painful way, way possible to lay down the tracks in front of the train because I had to get up at six, you know, totally take a shower, coffee, the whole thing. I need to like slap myself in the face several times and then like, okay, I record this video. (laughs) So it, it was that white knuckle deadline thing that you don't like. I don't like it either. Um, it did it, it did cause me to crank out the videos which was nice but it, yeah. it would have been way way yeah. way better if I had done them with a day offset instead of the, a few hour offset mm-hmm. but I like but they came out they but anyway so for the new one I am not gonna do that for the new one I am gonna plan it out much more I'm gonna record them all up front for for those two reasons one I don't have to get up at six again and two the odds of me missing something big or pretty high so i want to have Mm -hmm. it all mapped out so i can trash it and throw it away and do it over again if need be yeah i
1: totally get that and and i think you know the lesson in this is it depends what you're what you're doing if it's the first time you've done something you probably want to spend more time on it and you're still learning how to teach it if it's something you've been doing a long time and it's just you're putting it in a new format you know then i think you can take more more leeway more risks with your time
0: Mm -hmm. yes okay so so what's interesting here is that step five might actually step four in some cases would still be going on <laughs> yes if if yeah. uh, if you're doing that the tracks in front of the train thing but let's say that you've got everything uh, all tied up in a bow tied up with a bow on it and you're ready to launch there are there are so i feel like there's so many techniques and mythologies mm-hmm. and and <laughs> And get-rich-quick stories formulas. Oh, yeah. Uh, if only there was a product launch formula. Yeah, so, I
1: can see it in my email box the second it arrives.
0: Yeah, the pattern. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, yep. just, <laughs> I never do this, <laughs> but we're going to hold registration open for an extra day because Dang. we know, yeah, <laughs> double your money back and the videos are yours to keep. And, so, yeah,
1: and here's the three videos. Here's the first one. We're going to tell you this, and the second one, and then we're, the sales pitch is coming in the third. Get ready, here it comes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if if it's if we sound cynical, it's because we are. Um, we are. Not that it doesn't work, but I, I hate launches. I hate it doesn't align with my personality to do a big build up and then uh, you know jazz hands release. Here it is. The problem is that I'm such a fan of cohorts that I can't I can have never been able to figure out a way to have rolling admission so people could sign up whenever they wanted but then have everyone start at the same time. Right. So that that enough people are in the same place that they can bond with each other. So if I ever crack that nut, I'll be a very happy person because there's a the, there's a lot of pressure and, and a million little details and it feels like It feels like back in the day when you, when, when people were building shrink wrap software and it had to be, everything had to be just right. And if it wasn't just right, when they made that final CD too bad, that bug gets shipped and, and it's not the exact same situation, but it feels the same to me. Like all, everything's riding on this moment in time and I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I much prefer the slow build.
1: I think I asked you during my my last launch for the Soloist Women. I'm like, do you feel the same? I, I always get this emotional reaction during it. And it's and part of it is, you know, it's like we're putting our baby out to say, do you think my baby's beautiful? <laughs> and both of us are not naturally like super salespeople, like buy this, buy this, buy this. Like if it's right for you, I want you to have this is kind right. of the message. Right. And so it's I, I've just found myself between between this, um, this looking at, at, at other successful programs where they're, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this. And it's, it's like a barrage of emails with wanting to do my version of that, you know, fewer emails. And what was interesting for me about this last launch is it was the first time that I didn't do everything ahead of time. Like I would have, I'd write all the sales emails and, you know, like, Jeff Walker's product launch formula, they'll tell you to do all that ahead of time. Um, And I I did write it ahead of time. This time I didn't. It was kind of like I had no idea if my audience was interested in this. I knew there was a cohort of people that were, but I had no idea how prevalent that profile was in my email list because I had never tested it. And so doing the emails as I went felt super freeing and I, you know, I'm the one who wants to have everything done and like lined up, but it allowed me to let it breathe mm-hmm. and to be a little organic. And I had ideas that I don't think I would have had if I was feeling under pressure to lock and load all of the emails. And I made, you know, a couple of last minute decisions. Like I did a little promo on this show, a separate promo, right. which is now gone. Yeah, which was a great idea. I did that unexpectedly at the last minute. And it turns out that someone uh, uh, actually bought the program from that, apparently didn't know about it, wasn't on my list, and found that and, and found, you know, found the program. So it's that, it's that feel. And I think the other thing is just... I mean, you heard us uh, with our cynicism, but it's just when things land in my email box and I can see the formula (laughs) or something switches, I'm thinking of one I've been following fairly closely for the last maybe four months, and they were very specific about who the program was for. And then by the end of the launch, they were saying, obviously, this is for you. This is for everyone. And it totally turned me off. Like up to that point, I could see the formula, but it was also a believable message. But when it shifted to buy this, of course, this is right for you. If you're reading this message, this is right for you. It's just they lost me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that. So for me, those launches are a combination of really, really excite, being excited about what's going to happen and what we're going to launch and how it's going to change lives and how it's going to work. So excited. And then the other part is that, okay, how many people are going to um, exit out of my uh, email list because they're, this is not their thing. Um, how many people, and I did have somebody take me to task on LinkedIn, which really cracked me up. Um, you know, how many trolls are going to come out and complain about a program that's so um, narrowly targeted just to women? And, you <laughs> know, right, so, right. so you, yeah, yeah. So you deal with all of that stuff. And I just, I don't want to underestimate the feeling behind that because for anybody doing a launch, there is some of that. And some of it's fear. I mean, I, I, w- I wouldn't say I was fearful, I was more excited than fearful, but I was waiting for to see what else would drop like what will putting this out there what else will come with that because I didn't know
0: right yeah it's always this I I walk the same tightrope between coming across as too pushy but on the other hand if it is for you I don't want you to miss it because it's going to be six months at least before you have another chance and every time I get people that you know get they're on my list but they don't read you know like they'll read everything Mm -hmm. on a Sunday and then they'll hear about it too late and the train already left the station and it's like, ugh, you know, yeah. The the thing I have working for me in my favor is since I already email every single day, it's not like all of a sudden I'm emailing you every day. So, right. um, so I never that. That's one nice thing about daily email is like if you have something you want people to know about, you can do it without being super annoying or, or any more annoying than usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're already <laughs> annoying, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to, you know, I put it in the PS when the, when the deadline is getting close, I put it at the very top of the email in case they ignore the PS on a regular basis. But uh, yeah, and and I do have an early bird list so people can sign up when, when registration is closed. There's a little form on all my workshops where you can sign up to, you know, get a special extra email announcement when doors open. I usually give them a, a coupon for, you know, uh, joining that segment and Mm -hmm. you know so you know but it's not like I don't anything like the the you know like even even Pat Flynn who I think does a really good job he's more my style for if I was going to do a more elaborate launch I would copy Pat Flynn uh, because he's such a generous type of he has such a I just like his approach the real educator Mm -hmm. type of approach but he does like a webinar on the Thursday before the Monday and, and it's like man it just seems like a lot of I don't know, it seems like a lot of work that's, that's. um, it feels very, when I sit down, if I try and sit down to write, like if I was going to follow Jeff Walker's model, and I sit down like a week or two weeks in advance, and I'm going to plan out the sequence and write all of that stuff, it doesn't have, it feels so different from writing a daily email. It feels like, uh, it feels very takey. It feels like I'm trying to take something. Like, it's really hard for me to to sit down way in advance and point and and say like, okay, how am I going to help the audience today? When what I'm sitting there to do is write a marketing email for a workshop I'm watching? It's it, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter. I should be able to just do it. But something about the fact that I'm not about to press send on the email like an actual communication, it feels more like I'm writing a sales page that I'm going to email to you, which I don't like. So. Yeah. It doesn't, it's like, I like the way you put it. It doesn't breathe. It doesn't feel like it's alive. It feels dead to me. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe the, maybe the mental shift is that it is like a daily email in this sense that it, it, you are trying to help them. Not everybody on your list, this is not for everybody on your list, but for the people it's for, you are trying to help them. And so it's kind of like, that's what I was trying to do in my the email sequences that I did use. I mean, sequence isn't even the right word because mm. I, I hit them and hit send. But <laughs> um, it, I was trying to reach that person. And get kind of get inside their head a little and see where they are and speak to them. And I figured other people are either at that same place and there's something of value in the message because they weren't all sales messages. There was a sales message inside, but some of yeah. them were more than that. And so you know if you, if if we think of it that way, it does make it easier. It's like we're trying to help. It's just a smaller uh, percentage of the total list than everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I send I send to everyone. Um, except for the early bird stuff, and those are no. Just... But that's
1: what I'm saying, though, is you're sending them to everyone, but you're focusing on the
0: people that it's for. I got you, right, right, right.
1: Yeah, it's it's that it's that mental shift.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the most the most are the, my favorite, in case people are looking to copy something that you know, if if you're looking to copy someone and, and curious how we do it, my particular approach is to like whatever the workshop's going to be about, I'll probably write about that kind of topic for the week leading up to it so if you know when automatic yeah. proposals is coming out i'm going to probably be writing about proposals negotiations value pricing scope last stuff like that in the week leading up to it with little ps like hey if you'd like to know you know really learn with a group of people how to put this into practice in five days then you know click here and you can add your name to the announcement list so it's pr- still i feel like it's still pretty subtle it's no more salesy than anything else but i do kind of orient the topic around You know what the what the upcoming registration period is going to be for Mm -hmm. anyway wow so boom you launch cart open (laughs) credit card swiped (laughs) people start filtering in Uh, for me it's always the same like so so running the course it everybody goes into slack room all the uh lessons are released in the announcements channel in a slack room so there's a week leading up when registration's open but lessons haven't started where i i um i try and warm people up i have like warm-up messages and uh sort of tips and tricks for getting the most out of the course how to connect with other people what the rules of the road are um, any any powers that they have uh, i try and like make them aware of you know being able to make their own channels, if they want to make their own channels, like a, a lot of times, mm. I'll have weekend a weekend warrior channel. Like a bunch of people will will uh, do the lessons from the week on the weekend because they couldn't do it during the week. So they have this little weekend warrior channel where where everybody who's doing that will jump in there and. Um, That's and, great. Yes, yeah, I love that. I love when when and these and sort they don't have to sign
1: up if they don't want to be bothered on the weekend.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what else? Some people. It's their first time using Slack, so there's a little bit of orientation around that. Um, but then once the, once you get up to the lessons, then, yeah, it's just it's, the lessons roll out. For me, it's, a, it's a, a little announcement message with some context and a to-do and a video to watch. It's usually, I think what we said already, it's like about 10 minutes, give or take. They absorb the lesson, they do the to-do, and they jump into a special channel just for that particular lesson so they can share their homework or their findings or whatever they came up with or their their rough draft and try and get help with it and then so the, the conversation just sort of like centers around that channel for the next couple of days and then it moves to the next channel moves to the next channel so there's a structure to the to the the room it gets into a a, um, a cadence the group gets into a cadence pretty quickly where mm-hmm. there are a few people front running like they're just keeping right up to date but most people are you know a little bit behind. And so people kind of, you know, as the pack spreads out, people just sort of find their friends that are roughly in the same place that they are and they kind of connect and, and work through material. And of course, I'm for me, it's like for me, that's my social media, like instead of going on Facebook or
1: mm-hmm.
0: LinkedIn or Instagram or anything, I'll just go into my Slack rooms for the different workshops, answer questions or or whatever. But um, yeah, so it's just I don't know. if I don't know if I have that much to say about running the course. It's. The most important piece for me is getting everybody at the beginning to be a little bit more mm, networky or connect, not network, that's not the wrong word, but extroverts even overstating it, but just, but just not being a lurker, just trying to activate people and get them engaged with the material and the other people, because I know if they do that, it'll keep sucking it back in and the odds of them having success are much higher.
1: Yeah. It's getting the group to gel.
0: Really, yeah, exactly. It, well said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, the interesting thing on delivery is the delivery can vary so much depending on the format that you're using. You know, are you using like a Thinkific or a teachable? Are you using Slack? You know, what are you doing that? But one of the things I found really helpful is to think through the communication that you will be doing with people. So for example, are you going to send meeting reminders via email? how are you going to do that when are you going to do that what do they get i mean it's there there's this it's it's important to get the group to gel but i think also from an administrative standpoint it's important to decide ahead of time on how you're going to do these things just so you set it up so it runs like how do you let them know that um that you're going to have a a cohort call for example how are you yeah. going to do that? Is it in Slack? Great. What channel are you are going to do that in? Where do they get the recordings like you did with the videos? So it's just right. thinking through those things. And there's always going to be one or two things that you didn't think of <laughs> when you start. <laughs> and just figure those out. Get yourself a VA if you're not sure. Get somebody yeah. to help you with it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I have a, a channel in all of my workshops called Your Suggestions. And if they have any, you know, like, oh, it'd be, it'd be cooler if the lessons name were, lesson names were a little bit more... Um, I don't know, uh, specific, like not just lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, but actually Obvious, said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And it's like, um, what else people, people, especially in the pricing seminar, it's so long that they've, they can get lost and they, they, everyone kind of was like, you know, it'd be cool if on Saturdays you posted kind of like a, a checklist of where we are week wise through the materials. So I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get that kind of feedback, right? Cause you're not going to, you're not gonna to to think of everything. You've got the curse no. of knowledge and and it's sometimes questions will come through that are just like, Oh wow, that it's just I should have thought of that, but there's no way I ever would have. You know, it's like this just total when someone's just coming to the material with fresh eyes, that just like, uh, this is overwhelming and I'm lost or whatever. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what what would be or someone will make a request that I can't do because it's just not supported by the software and I'll say, Well, what are you trying why? Why do you ask for that? Like, what is the right. thing that you would like, and then try and find another way to do it?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: so running a course, it's just sort of yeah. It's the onboarding is super important. Taking feedback and being engaged along the way, important but obvious, um, and helping them keep. If it's long, giving them mile markers so they know where they are, uh, how far they've got to go. Uh, I mentioned already the, the wins or the aha moments channels. That's important to kind of, I think, create positive energy and, and feel like, wow, this could work for me too. It worked for them. I think that's all good, but yeah, I guess I, you know, and eventually, I don't know if there's anything else to say about running the course, but, uh, if not, I think it's to,
1: yeah, to wrap up,
0: wrapping it up. Yeah. So (laughs) wrapping up the show and the course Yeah, in
1: in more ways than one. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So the, um, it feels a little bit weird. It's almost like you might've had this experience with your book too. It's like, how do I end this? It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, last lesson. Okay. Bye. You know, so it's, it's a little bit weird. So I've over time, I've come up with a few things that people seem to want and feel like leaves things on a really positive note. And, and that, you know, like how do we, how do you kind of like send people off into the world? after especially a really long program but even a, even a small one where people really bonded one thing that happens without fail is they're like like could you know you should start a you know can first of all can this slack room just stay open forever
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh the answer to that is no but uh, everyone asked if, if like oh well the slack room's going to close it's like okay well could we could you start like an alumni room because they, mm-hmm. they just really want to stay in touch and it's funny because like there's like a million ways they could keep in touch they could just exchange info but there's something about wanting it to be in this room yeah uh, or or at least you know there's something there's some patina of i don't know of of pricing seminar-ness or something i don't know but um they i don't know it's like they don't want it to change but okay but it's going to close and so you know you do all the administrative stuff like you know the room's going to close on this date make sure you get all your downloads before then here here uh my, my last announcement usually like, um, uh, next steps and bonuses. So I'll usually give them a bunch of stuff that, um, you know, in one package that may or may not have been released throughout the course. So they get so like some extra fun little present at the end an unexpected thing. And, you know, instructions for them to connect with each other outside of Slack, if they want to keep in touch, uh, what else? Um, I explicitly ask again for suggestions, anything that would would have made the course better for them. Uh, what else? Next steps. I think that's, sometimes they'll be like, a, sometimes, we'll, you know, the bonuses can be different all the time. Sometimes it'll be like a, the, the group needs kind of like a Zoom call. I don't usually do live Zoom calls, but there might be some reason like like everybody, got, I just actually just did one for automatic proposals. There was a really, really good question. Someone was like, "What if we did this? What if we interviewed one of my existing clients live?" And I was like, "Oh wow, do you think they would do that?" <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I think so. He's pretty cool." And so we did that. We recorded like a live Zoom call oh, of fun. like the why conversation. It was it was wild, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, so stuff like that it was sort of like sort of like end things on a good, unexpected, positive note. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. What what are some other things that that well, you've I've... done?
1: I actually think of wrap-up in two stages. There's also a wrap-up after launch, and then there's a wrap-up after you deliver. So the, I'd focus on the wrap-up after the launch. And by that, I mean that things probably happen during the launch that you learned, like you changed a relationship with people on your list or a certain kind of person on your list. It, it, I'll just give you an example with the mastermind, I had more applications than I was able to accept. Hmm. And so uh, I got in touch with the people in those applications. And, and some of it was just they weren't ready for this yet. They just weren't at the right level to have it make sense. And so I set up interviews with them that I'm oh, starting cool. in May, because I wanted to find out, well, okay, you weren't eligible for this one at this moment in time. Do you want to wait until you get to that point? Are there what are the challenges that you're facing? What have you tried to use before to solve those things? So we have those kinds of conversations. And so far, everybody has agreed to have a conversation. Cool. That's a great so idea. that that would be an example. The other thing is that um, in the process of doing this, you um, Women oriented program, I found who was interested in those things. Like there were people who just didn't click through at all, and there were some that were probably just curious. But I have a new group of people on my list now that have been identified as being interested in women a woman only option so now i have the choice i can decide oh do i want to communicate with that group do i what do i want to do with them how do i Mm. want to do it do i want to talk to them do i want to do special mailings so it's those kinds of things after you do a launch because it's easy to forget that stuff because you're focused on
0: delivering delivering yes
1: Yeah, but I think if you can kind of strike while the iron is hot right after the launch and if you can leave some serendipity time um, between the launch and and delivery to address those, I think it's just, it's like planting the seed for what comes next.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. And then at the end, so is there anything anything besides what I... uh, the list of stuff, I was, I'm just sort of doing it off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm but. just
1: just—I'm just trying to think if there's anything else because I, I, I totally relate to those. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's at the end, if they're not already communicating with each other outside of the Slack room, I think it's hard to make that suddenly happen at the end. Mm. Um, but one of the things that makes me really happy about my Authority Nation is how often they communicate privately like um there was someone who had an issue and they knew somebody else in the group had dealt with it because they talked about it openly and they they contacted them and said this is what i'm going through can you tell me more about what worked for you i mean i love that those relationships are are what really help people to that's why we do cohorts it's what Mm -hmm. really helps them to move the next kind of the next piece down the road so i think it's it's I don't think about that at the end so much, but I do think about that a lot with the launch, like the examples you gave about getting the group to gel.
0: Yeah, it is a little weird with the with the cohort because there's a there's a period of time from the way I run them that the last lesson has been published, but the Slack room will still be open for some extended period of time, and and not everybody is at the same place. So people are crossing the finish line at different times. So it's yeah. it's always this awkward thing where it's like, it's not really graduation, we're not all done. It's not like we were in a room together yeah. doing a workshop in real time and now it's over and like, here's your certificate of whatever. Um, so it's like this, it's more like a milestone than an end for me, but then when the, uh, yeah, but then when the room closes, like that's it. You know, if you haven't gotten the stuff by then, You know hopefully you download it or whatever so it kind of have like two phases there's the you know congratulations the last lesson's been published people are going at their own pace there's no rush you still have 12 more weeks to go through material it's fine uh, you'll have plenty of time Uh, but here you know here's what to expect in this next phase
1: Yes, my visual, as you were saying that, is a marathon. You know, it's like, okay, the elite runners have finished, now keep running, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and then the, the guy that's been training for 10 years, who's an amateur athlete, a weekend warrior, you know, those guys start to come in. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the ones wearing the, the heat things, the blankets, and it's getting dark and they're still like <laughs> straggling in. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. At some point, you have to, you have to sort of close the course down.
0: Right. Yes, Exactly. Cool. Well, geez. Uh, Speaking of marathons.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. God, give us a couple of mics and we can talk forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully it was helpful. Um, uh, If nothing else, it's uh, more incentive for me to stick to what I said for my next time around. (laughs) week. have the videos before the morning of.
1: I'll I'll remind you if you're tempted to stray.
0: <laughs> uh, it, that will not happen again. I cannot. I know. I cannot. I think see you that learned your lesson. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Rochelle Moulton.
0: And we hope you join us again next time for the business of authority. Bye.
1: Bye bye.